star. That's a great uh, uh, celebratory song for the uh, victory in Afghanistan. Uh, President Biden uh, is going to authorize a parade through the Hall of, uh, or uh, yeah, the um, uh, the Canyon of Heroes in New York City. We're gonna have a big old ticker tape parade for the uh, wonderful execution and the end of the twenty-year uh, war in Afghanistan. Welcome to Review the News. Big, you know, big, Gary, big, it's no wonder why he won by so many votes. I do 81, eight, 81 million. Yeah. Um, and uh, so anyway, big, big welcome uh, uh, to review the news. A very big episode, episode 50. Who thought we could get this far? And, and for episode 50, we've got some great guests tonight. We've got Pete and Austin with us. Uh, Pete, as you've heard before on many shows, and Austin, who is a uh, veteran of both Iraq and Afghanistan, uh, how many how many total deployments? Did you have two Iraq deployments or just one? No, I just had the one. I got lucky because after my Iraq deployment, I got sent to Fort Benning to teach Cheese Dick uh, basic trainees how to use a machine gun. Mm-hmm. So I did that for a while. But yeah. So uh, in all seriousness, we'll, we're going to kick off. This is obviously going to be a, a, a veteran-centric and Afghanistan-centric episode. Um, since uh, neither Austin and I were uh, high-speed Green Berets that have written three books about our awesome horse riding and machine gun shooting in the air deployments in Afghanistan, uh, we'll, we'll actually kind of give it to you kind of what the real regular grunt um, had to kind of persevere in Afghanistan. And I know um, uh, t- to be, to just kind of be honest up front, uh, Austin and I tend to agree on a lot of things uh, when it comes mil- militarily and politically. But uh, I, maybe tonight um, I'll surprise him with some of my takes and maybe I'll be surprised with some of his takes. But we haven't really talked about this, obviously, specifically since it just happened. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, but give me uh, if you would, um, and then guys, if you have any questions too as we're going through this, please jump in, ask some questions. But Austin, give us uh, like what, what, what's your what's your take, and 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 feel free to kind of go wherever if you want to. Um, yeah, go ahead. What, what's your what's your? Well, thoughts? my initial reaction to to everything was like, man, I'm glad all my buddies that did die over there, whether I was there or not. Um, died for nothing and I was I was pretty pissed off about that you know because I had a very good friend of mine um, Staff Sergeant Donald Vincent Stacy who was killed there in 2011 right before we went over um, awesome. Awesome. say his name yes. again uh, his Donald name again. Vincent Stacy awesome um, and uh, you know he was he's good he was my roommate me and this other guy um, Sharon Fly we were all uh we got a house off base after our first Iraq deployment and we're, we're all pretty good buds and, and Stacy got killed and, uh, and that fucking sucks amongst other people. He's just one of my better friends that, that did die. So I was pretty pissed that like, fuck, we've been there 20 years and we couldn't even do the job right to set them up for success. Um, and you know, that being said, looking back at it, like Afghanistan's a shit show. And here, there's a couple reasons why. Well, try to think of the best way to say this. Comparing it to Iraq, Iraq was a U.S. mission, right? 
the U.S. was in charge. We we're going to Iraq. We said, hey, some allies, you want to come with us if you want to? Hence the British and some other people like the Aussies that showed up and decided they wanted to go shoot some people too. Cool. Good for them. Afghanistan's a NATO runoff. And, you know, I, I think Gary can uh, confirm this is that when we got to CAF, which is Kandahar Airfield um, at the Kandahar Air Base in Afghanistan, what, what a nightmare that was. There's fucking people from countries all over the place just wandering around. No one knew what the hell was going on. Where your bags were, which chow hall to eat at. Nobody knew because it was complete chaos. That's how the whole country was. No one knew what the fuck was going on there. Um, and that's because instead of it being a strictly U.S. mission, we got NATO to support it. And I think that was, um, I mean, that's just my personal opinion on it. But it, it, from seeing it, you know, I don't know what went behind it. But, I mean, the fact that we as Americans went there, we had to live in fucking tents while we were there. Well, goddamn Romanians decided they're going to build brick barracks buildings with air conditioners for their guys. You know, that's a big difference in. in probably with our money, like, though. Yeah, it, you're probably right. It probably was with our money. Um, but you know, it just t touching on that. I mean, it was such a shit show. There's so many moving pieces and no one was in charge. It's, it's really kind of what it seemed like. And the commanders that were in charge, they were there and then they were gone. And then some other asshole came in and had an idea. And a lot of that was the Obama administration. I mean, how many generals did Obama fire that were over there? Um, trying to figure out what worked. It was Petraeus and McChrystal and fucking Allen and all these other guys before and after, and not a single one of them could do the job right. Well, I think a lot of that goes into knowing your enemy, right? And we did not know our enemy very well over there. We thought we did because we we chalked him up to some, you know, goat fucking towelhead, whatever people want to call them, and they're not. I mean, you have to look at history through all this because Afghanistan is such a complicated um, feature, uh, just culturally and everything else, um, that you can't just take our experience there and look at it and say, well, of course we're going to win because we're America. Alexander the Great failed. The Soviets failed. The British military at the height of their empire failed. Why? Because the Afghans don't give a shit. They have, they have nothing but time. They can outlast anybody and they don't care. And they know that they're going to win because they've done it time and time and time and time again. Everybody has tried to conquer them and no one has succeeded. And, you know, what did Biden say the other day? Well, we weren't nation building. No, but we came in there and we fucked up their country. And then we said, here, here's the reins. Maybe we should have nation built. That's, that's my theory. If we're going to go over there and do something, we should do the job right. We should either A, have gone in there, kicked the Taliban and killed Al-Qaeda and said, here, UN, you take over and do, do what it is that you do. And let them have some peacekeeping mission bullshit while governments fight it out. We could have done that, or we could have gone in there and said, hey, let's do this job right. Let's train people, teach them to do the right thing, stay long enough. We'll run your country for 10 years, and then teach these people how to do it. You know, I don't know. I don't have all the answers. I'm not a fucking politician. But Or 20 years, and then... Yeah, you know, or 20 years. Or, you know, but what do we do? It's like we did in Iraq. I mean, we went over there, and we kicked the Bathists out and some other shit. And then we said, here, you know, like, start running your own country again. That, I mean, 2006, they hung Saddam Hussein, right? That was three years after our initial invasion. Now, granted, Iraq was a lot more set up country. So that's a bad comparison. But even still, like, we can't just take people that have been fighting a civil war or have been at war constantly for almost 30 years at that point and say, here, you know how to run a country. Go, go forth and prosper. And you can't do that. And we didn't do a shit job teaching them because the Afghans will lie to you 
and they don't give a shit because they can outweigh us. All they wanted to do was fill their pockets with as much of our money as they could before the end came and then pop smoke out of there. That's what they wanted to do. That's what they all their care. generals did, right? That's what their generals did. That's what their president did. That's what their I mean, president did. Mm-hmm. I mean, Karzai knew knew well enough. He did his terms and was like, all right, I'm the fuck out of here. You know? Let me ask the question. So would you yeah. have rather seen something like South Korea, Germany, uh, parts of Africa where we just built permanent bases and we're just that's just we're gonna operate out of there? I mean it would have been well, a place in the Middle East. I don't feel like do I get a stab at that later or is that just for Oh Austin? yeah, no, I, I... Boston first. Okay. Well, um, you know, I don't know. Um, because personally I think that having a base with some soldiers over there that aren't doing shit is a waste of time. And what's it accomplish? It's not gonna deter the Taliban any. They don't give a shit. So right. Personally, I don't think that just leaving a base with Americans over there and just saying it was a deployment and not doing anything would have really accomplished anything. It wouldn't have stopped them at, from doing what they did. They would have gone, taken over the country and said, get the fuck out or we're going to kill you all. And that's what they would have done. So and then we would have left anyway, more than likely. So having a base over there would have been pointless. The difference between South Korea and Germany is, you know, Germany post World War Two, they were tired of war. They wanted, you know, it was over. Right. We had to have people there to fend off the Soviets. But South Korea, same thing. They're a host nation. You know, we came to agreement with them, said, hey, we'll leave our guys here because until North Korea is not a threat, whatever. That's not going to work in Afghanistan because all the Taliban would have done is take everything around us. And then you would have just been an island in the sea. So that would have been that wouldn't have been an effective use of our time and resources. Not that 20 years of warfare to go up in 11 days was. But right. um you know, I personally, I think that if we we're going to go in there, we should have we should have taken over and actually taken over like we we're a conquering country. And then over these past 20 years, actually do the right thing and not just say, well, this Afghan general or president said that they would do this. So let's just take their word for it and we'll believe them. You know, it, you can't you can't do shit like that. You, you have to understand your enemy. We didn't understand our enemy or the culture of the people that we we're dealing with. But I guess I went over. Gary, you can have your shot at that if you want. Um, or Japan in there as well. Yeah, or Japan. <laughs> well, I think I think the one thing you have to look at is I, I I mean I think the whole United States. Well, I let me let me put some color on this. So I mean I think when I during the beginning of two thousand one, obviously uh, Pete. Neil and I lived on the East Coast during 9-11. It was like, uh, and we're very close to New York City. We know a ton of people in New York City that were involved with 9-11. And um, I think after 9-11, I know from my perspective, I was a rah-rah, like, hey, we got to we got to really drop the hammer on everybody in the planet. And like, I don't give a shit, like, but then as, as, and then I, then afterwards, so I didn't go in the military right away after 9-11. It's, it, I had uh, gone to college and I, then I went in um, later around 2000, the end of 2007, 2008 um, and doing a deployment in Iraq and then Afghanistan. And what it really took was me to join the military 
to real to realize towards the end um, what a disaster um, and 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 what real trouble we were really in. And I mean, I think and and Austin can can vouch for this. I mean, I was probably seen in the unit as one of those like negative guys because I would always be calling out like just the bullshit and how um, the officers. Well, exactly. I, mean, I was who I am. I was who I am. And, 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 but you know, You're not an military... yeah, exactly. Um, well, I, I'm just saying, and, and so, and I know I'm, I'm, and I'm getting towards Pete's question. I just kind of wanted to give some background information because I, I, I would be a liar to say that I wasn't originally for what we were doing. And, but when I got out there and I think what really dawned on me the fir first time, and this was pre this was pre-Afghanistan. Um, what really dawned on me, like, holy shit, what the fuck are we doing? Is I'll never forget towards the end of my deployment in Iraq, when we were driving around as State Department escorts, and we were <laughs> escorting the State Department, and we were taking them into towns and villages, and they were showing Iraqis how to grow tomatoes in greenhouses and this was a 90 million dollar usda program that, or i i, I want to say it was the u.s not maybe it wasn't usda maybe it was Just like USA. tomatoes guy let me finish um and and so um and, and so we're driving around and i look around and i'm looking at the i'm looking at these iraqis and i'm like these people have been around since mesopotamia and I think they know how to grow food in the ground. So <laughs> what help could we be to show them how to grow? And it's like, we gave them the greenhouses and what they do, they wound up half the shakes took the greenhouses and like sold them <laughs> or the shakes or the shakes took them and put them on their own property. Right. Or mm -hmm. whatever kind of fucked up shit that they do, they did with it. Poppy seeds. And, and that's well not not so much iraq but yeah i mean uh, whatever um and no i don't have a problem i love my jersey tomatoes neil um i was just trying to complete com complete my thought there i wasn't trying to snap at you but i love my jersey tomatoes and my jersey sweet corn what I'm, that's what um, I'm here for. <laughs> um and but but that's when i but that's when my eyes were open i was like dude this is not this is not killing people and not and not like and again you know not that i'm some stone cold kid, i'm not but i'm saying like this isn't like killing people that are going to kill my buddies like in new york city right these aren't this isn't this isn't like trying to pacify a region where if these people ever make it to make it to what's that no you 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 kind of broke up oh well my point is is like this isn't a, a thing where I'm worried about if these people show up into our, our towns and neighborhood, like I got to get rid of these people because they'll kill everybody in my town if they ever made it to my town. And that's when I kind of realized. And so when you asked the question, like, should we be in Japan? Like, should have we built something like um, what we have in South Korea and Japan? I would argue that we need to leave those countries as well. We need to get out of Germany. Um, and that's why I, I know. And I know, there's a lot of things you can say about Trump. Um, but one of the things again, that I was a big, huge supporter that caught me into, into Trump 
was his stance on NATO, um, especially after fighting under NATO. It's a total disaster. It doesn't make any sense that anyone in this podcast is paying taxes to fund NATO, which we're doing because we supplement the NATO uh, budget with our dollars. And when Trump was like, I'm going to pull people out. Uh, now, would it look like what of what it would have looked like under Biden? I would probably say yes, because I guarantee you people in the State Department and the Pentagon would have sandbagged the shit out of it, just like they sandbagged the shit out of the plans. But I will also say this. I'm also very upset that Trump and the Republicans decided to scrub their websites um, after uh, uh, like, uh, I think Trump on his website, on his like personal website, and then on the Republican national party website, they took down the, um, uh, the, all the information they had on the negotiations with the Taliban. And it's like, you were going to have to turn the country over to somebody and guess who the people were that were ruling the country before it's what was going to be the Taliban. And if you didn't make, go ahead. No, finish your sentence. I'm sorry. Sorry. No, it's okay. Uh, let me let me do this because I'm I'm starting to meander. I would say this, Pete. I would say that unless John and it's funny because John McCain, who I loathe, said it best. And during the debates with Barack Obama in 2008, he was like, "Are you know, are you prepared to be in Iraq and Afghanistan for a hundred years?" And basically, we would have to colonize Afghanistan. We would have to move just like. Just like the globalists are colonizing the United States with third worlders, we would have to use the opposite approach and colonize Afghanistan with Americans in order to ever make that country a functioning country in the respect of like a Western democracy. And I use that word democracy lightly because I'm not a big fan of democracy either, but um, I, would, I should say Western civilizational norms or whatever. Um, and, and, and so my response again, is that not only should we not do that in Afghanistan, but we shouldn't be in Germany anymore. We shouldn't be in South Korea. I, I think the Imperial project is over. I don't think the United States was ever meant to be an Imperial country. Um, so all of these outposts are extremely detrimental, uh, to the well-being of the American citizen. Now, obviously lots of money gets made through the military industrial complex, um, you know, everything is connected, especially today. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, I mean, that's what I would say, Pete, I, I don't even think we should be in those places anymore uh, either. Um, no, I agree with that actually. Um, you know, my, my personal thought is we should go back to like, a isolationist type of thing, keep our economy strong by trading, but not getting involved in other people's bullshit. I, I 100% agree with you. Gary. World like, War II, baby. Yeah. I mean, I think World War II was a mistake. I mean, it was a de- it was a de- it, it was a to. desperate. It had to. It had to. I, I I don't know. I, I think it was a desperate mistake because the United States was drawn into that conflict. So I I think the United States was drawn into that conflict because it was really a remaking of the social world order. Um, I think James Burnham wrote about it best when he wrote uh, the Managerial Revolution, um, and 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 I think World War II um is is the reason why we have a lot of the problems today it was like kind of the remaking of the global world order um Mm -hmm. and it wasn't to benefit anyone in this conversation no matter which way you lean politically um so i i think i think world war one was the setup for world war two 
Um, and I think we shouldn't have been involved uh, in World War One no, either. You know that <laughs> World War One was a setup for World War Two. You don't think, okay. right? I Let mean, me interject here. This is my first time talking, so I'm gonna say, Gare, sorry. Yeah, you're done. You're done. Again, um, <laughs> um, we we were too late in coming into World War Two. There's evidence. There, there's some thought that. Um, FDR was waiting for something like Pearl Harbor to get into World War II. Uh, he, he created Pearl Harbor. Yeah, he, well, him, and, and the, his, the, the, the popular I mean, vote, he, like quadrupled after Pearl Harbor. Like Americans him, went, him, went from not wanting nothing to do with it to like we have to kill everybody. Well, the but but all right, no, Todd, no, let's Todd finish. Let's Todd finish. No, okay. no, I just didn't want this to be a history show per se. But I'm just like I wanted to give my two cents that. You know, quite frankly, I think we should have been in there before uh, December 7th, 1941, Pearl Harbor Day. But, Why? Uh, Why? It was a conflict in well, Europe. It had well, nothing to do with us. Japan Japan wanted to fight. They wanted to have the Pacific all to themselves. It was going to happen. And they took the fight to us, so, which is never good, uh, you know. Basically, we were strong enough to survive that, but it wasn't a smart uh, military, mid militarily or politically uh, wise move, in my opinion. And of course, the Holocaust plays into that too. All of that. That I mean, obviously, I, we needed to defend Western civilization, in my opinion. Who defend? Yeah, Gary. Yeah, go Gary, ahead. Gary. Gary. Let's, like Todd said, let's not get into a history lesson here. So to, to, to go back to, to current events, at last I heard, and correct, please correct me if I'm wrong, last I heard Biden hadn't, hadn't really done anything about um, what's gone on in Afghanistan and, and the takeover. Has that well, changed in, in the he, last day or two? He's letting thousands of Americans stay over, the, stay so over there hear, without protection. Uh, that, to, this yeah. is a travesty, and this is a... Uh, I I, I would go on a diatribe about that. I'm not going to do that tonight. How is our well, world? How is well, the, the leader of the nation? It's horrible. Go ahead, Gary. Well, well, and and I I, I mean I won't. I'm like, wait a second. What are all those Americans doing in Afghanistan in the first place? You just, you know, these aren't wait. Probably fucking and, and builders, so, right? Builders making a couple million a year. I, well, I don't. We don't know. But I'm I'm saying like when so I have I have serious doubt. As to um, the problem is, is American citizenship is so fucking cheap today that anybody is an American citizen. And I think that, um, like, I don't know who these 4,000 Americans supposedly are. Uh, I don't know if they're contract, if they're contract, or if they're Afghans that hold American passports, or like who these people, if they're like NGO workers. Like, I don't know who these who these people are, but I'll tell you what, after I went there in the army uh, to Afghanistan, OK, unless you're going to send me back with all of my equipment and my rifle and up armored vehicles, uh, I'm not going to Afghanistan. And the idea was and and Austin, you remember this, like Kabul was a paradise. They spent yeah. so much. They spent so much money protecting Kabul and making it uh, um a, a paradise, a green zone for all the wealthy Afghans, for all these NGOs to come in and make all this money. 
um, that, uh, that it's the irony is, is as Kabul falls, like none of those people are really even involved in, in, in the country in the sense of like, they were living in a country within a country. Yeah. I mean, it's, and that's, that's the whole thing is like, you know, people don't, the American public has no fucking clue what it's really like over there and neither do any higher ups of any kind. You, you don't see Trump, Biden, Bush, Obama, none of them went and saw us on that. Where, where were we at? Sangsar, right? You remember that shit, that shithole with the fucking tents and the, the cooks that dumped all the cleaning supplies and the food and they gave everyone the shits. You remember that? Yep. That's why you, me, and Kay had to, had to sit there and cook. <laughs> but, you know, the, the, the people don't go out there and see that. And, you know, they go, they go to Kabul. They go to some big-ass base, and they're like, oh, well, the fight's going pretty good here, huh? What are you guys having problems with? Oh, the Taliban's getting a little frosty today. Well, okay, well, here, we'll give you some more guns and some ammo, and we'll send you some more bombs, and just have at it, boys. Like, they don't, they have no fucking clue what it's like out there when you're watching a guy towing his fucking tractor with a cow. Because I am, I he can't get the, the tractor uh... to work, but he needs the attachments. You know, they don't understand the, the culture or the people there. And they get they go off and they get their fancy ass West Point degrees in Middle Eastern studies. Well, Afghanistan is like no other place in the Middle East. It's not like Pakistan. It's not like Iran. It's not like Iraq. It's not like any of those places. It is his own super complicated entity smack dab in the middle of everything else. And that's why they build Kabul as the green zone. And you have this area where all the wealthy people go and you leave the rest of the fucking country. And I don't think anyone that's that hasn't been there and been boots on the ground in some shithole in the middle of nowhere in these grape rows with you can't imagine the amount of poverty that's that's there. I mean, Afghanistan's not a third world country. It's like a seventh world country, aside from their their two cities that they have, you know, their two legit cities. But I, I, there's so much that goes into understanding that and nobody over there wanted to take the time to understand it. It was a check the box for officers. It was a check the box for generals. I went to Afghanistan. I didn't die in the year that I was here running shit and telling people what to do. Now I'm back in the States and I'm going to go take over CENTCOM and tell someone else what to do based on all of my experience in Afghanistan when they never did shit in Afghanistan. So it, circling back to trying to find my point here sometimes i just start a sentence and just see where it takes me i don't know I'm just kidding. That's, that's that's my that's me. my job no on wonder you and gary are such good friends but no the, <laughs> the point the point being is is that nobody fucking understands afghanistan except for the afghans and going over there and saying that we're going to do this fantastic job and we're just going to treat them like americans and expect them to do the right thing for their own country it's not going to it'll, it'll never work i actually had a very uh, i had a sergeant major tell me this one time in Iraq, but it holds true to Afghanistan. And it's, he told me, cause we were in some guy's house, like the courtyard around his house. And we're standing there and it was really nice. The guy had like fruit trees planted for shade and the grass was mowed and it was super green and it was super nice. And they're all clean and all that right outside his in gate. A, in Iraq? In Iraq. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You're Those lying. places you're like lying. that. Yeah. No. Right outside the street. Right. There's like dead dogs and trash and shit's on fire and there's a car with bullet holes and there's shit everywhere and like dead babies and what, what have you, right? And he wow. said, he said to me, he said, the reason this country will never be successful is because no one gives a shit about anyone else but themselves. 
you look at this guy's yard and it's super clean and nice, but he doesn't give a shit about what happens when he walks to the rest of his country or his neighbor when he walks out that front this front gate because he doesn't clean up, he doesn't pick up trash, he doesn't do anything. No one cares aside from their little entity. And Afghanistan's a lot, a lot similar, except that it's more tribal in that aspect. You know, you've got a lot more tribal uh, culture going on there. But so I mean, you'll care for your own tribe people. But the the concept holds true though is that they don't give a shit about anyone else outside their immediate circle. And that's that's a fact. And you'll never that's have what makes that's what makes them so dangerous. Uh, to an extent. Um, well, but I, I think uh, let me interject here for a second. I think and and I know we said or it was said no history, but you have to look at the history. And I'll, I want to touch on on two parts of, of history with Afghanistan. The first thing is, is Osama bin Laden was a CIA agent. That the CIA funded Osama bin Laden, and I, I hate to fast forward it to uh, current events right now, but we're really starting to see a lot of stuff the CIA and the FBI get involved with. Um, really ain't good shit, okay? And now they're using all the things that they learned abroad, and they're implementing it, uh, that those uh, um, those policies and those actions against uh, American citizens. And I and I'll just leave that there for a minute, but. During the 1980s, when Osama bin Laden was organizing the Mujahideen in Afghanistan to fight the Soviets, I mean, Charlie Wilson, even Charlie Wilson, and I forget that it was like the Greek guy who was the CIA agent, I forget the guy's name. They basically were like, we have no, they're like, we're going to beat the Soviets, but we have no idea what we're creating right now. We have no idea how this is all going to play out if the Soviets leave. We, we have no, we have no idea. And the, the reality of the matter was, again, uh, Osama bin Laden was a, a CIA asset. Um, and this idea that the CIA just lost this guy, you give, you're giving this guy billions through the Pakistani Inner Service Intelligence Agency, okay, the ISI, because that was General Al Hook during the 80s, okay? And all of a sudden, nobody knows anything. So 2001 rolls along. They uh, uh, 9-11 happens, which happens to be, by the way, no Afghani was involved in 9-11. OK, so that's the first thing. Number two, when the um, when the American government asked the Taliban who never left Afghanistan, the Taliban never committed an act of terrorism outside of Afghanistan. This is also important to realize. OK, so as crazy as yeah, do do I want to be a fundamental Muslim? Uh, no, <laughs> no, thank you. But apparently they do um, in their country. So I was always told I have to, um, you know, respect their lived experience. That's that's the words the kids are using today. But the <laughs> the 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 other part of that is is that when they asked Mullah Omar, who that's what, why we were at Sangsar, because we could see Mullah Omar's yep. mosque. Yep. So Mullah Omar was the original leader of the Taliban that had taken over. Um, and by the way, the reason why the Taliban took over in the early 90s was to kill warlords that were uh, uh, extreme pedophiles. They were stealing money from all the local villagers. And they were, and Mullah Omar became the leader of the Taliban because I think, I, I don't know if it was like a Bachi Bazi, but the Bachi Bazi are boys 
that basically men capture as sex slaves. Chai um, boys. This, yeah, chai boys. They're called ba- yeah. Bachabazi. Um, and tell, Mola tell us Omar. what happened, Gary. Tell us what happened. So the locals went to Mullah Omar and they said, can you help us stop this? And when Mullah Omar and the Taliban first attacked the first warlord, they were only armed with farming tools and sticks. Okay. And then once he took that warlord, once they defeated that warlord, then they took over the town and then they started to grow. And the people clamored to have the Taliban get rid of all these corrupt warlords that had made all this money during the 80s, aiding the Americans and and being part of the Mujahideen. So getting back, fast forwarding to 2001, Mullah Omar is asked to turn over Osama bin Laden. If you know Pashtun Wali, Pashtun Wali, this is what saved Marcus Luttrell, who was the, uh, the what was it, the lone sniper or what was it, the lone survivor, survivor guy, yeah. the lone survivor guy, which we find out his story is bullshit too, but we can talk about that in a second. Um, but pa- yeah, exactly. Pashtun Wali um, says that you, if someone comes to your house and asks for aid, it doesn't matter if it's your worst enemy. Uh, in the culture you have especially if they come and basically ask formally you have to give them aid and basically Osama bin Laden knew that a new passion Wally so went to Mullah Omar and he goes hey I need aid so Mullah Omar took him in and the U.S. government said Mullah Omar give up Osama bin Laden and Mullah Omar said if what you say is true about Osama bin Laden we'll put him on trial here we'll give him a trial you can present your evidence, and then we'll decide after the trial whether or not to hand him over. Of course, the American government was like, that ain't going to happen. Then they went in in 2001 with the Northern Alliance, which was Masood's Tajiks, and Masood was assassinated on uh, the day before 9-11. But mm-hmm. there's a guy named uh, Ahmed Masood, uh, the Lion of Pangir, who led Tajiks. And then you had this guy called uh, Dostum led the Uzbeks and their, their minorities within Afghanistan because the Pashtuns are the majority. And with the Northern Alliance, Special Forces and the CIA overthrew the Taliban in like a couple weeks. But then what? And that's, they never, honest to God, that's where we should have stopped. We should have spanked exactly. the Taliban and said, okay, we're out, boys. Have fun. This is your country now. That way we left the Taliban saying, oh shit, maybe we should have agreed whatever they're on their heels you've given the northern alliance and all them the opportunity to to seize the initiative again we'll say hey we'll give you a little bit more money and guns whatever do what the cia does because that's what we do and we, politicians don't think that like that, that unfortunately yeah but well no like, but that's it, where we should have stopped so said something about it. people making money off war and there's articles and there's movies and there's shows where Private and senators are are funding wars just because they make money off of it. Absolutely, and that's why, and that's why, and that's why I argue that we have to end the the imperial projects uh, because they're they're absolutely money makers. And guess what? These senators, they don't, they have no, uh, as they say, skin in the game. Um, It's it's uh, majority. You know, the majority of the of the military um, are working class people uh, from the hated flyover states. OK, uh, you very you very rarely see. Well, you have a lot of um, working class 
uh, Californians, but I mean, I, there wasn't too many guys I knew from New Jersey in the army. That's for sure. There wasn't too many. I, I said there wasn't too many. <laughs> But I'm just saying, like you Are didn't you saying have I was the... I wasn't in the trenches with you, Gary, because we were in the trenches. No, you were not. <laughs> um, my point is, is that my point is, is that the coastal elite looks down at middle of America, but middle of America is going out fighting all their imperial wars so they can fill their pockets in Silicon Valley and Wall Street, mm-hmm. and and uh, while they're celebrating our deaths uh, due to opioids, veteran suicides, and all that stuff. Um, you know, they better enjoy their imperial projects now because once we once there's a great awakening and we realize because I'll tell you what, there's one thing I'll always tell I'll tell my children in the future is don't you even friggin dare think about joining the military. Don't you even dare think about fighting um, in any of these imperial wars, because I, I, I mean, the fact that I was there in, in, in Austin and everybody else that we know, we've gotten out of there with the skin of our teeth and we've got friends with, um, you know, psychological damage and, and physical damage and emotional damage. Austin, you got um, kids? I do. I have three of them. Do you feel the same way about your kids? I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't want them to do what I did. If my kids are going to join the military, I'd, ha- I'd make sure they did something like folding uniforms for the Air Force or something stupid like that. <laughs> like, go get your go get your free college and like the benefits and all that, because that is a, a nice perk of it is to use your your benefits. U- USAA insurance for the rest of your fucking life. Goddamn right, but see, they don't need that anyway because they can get USA just because I serve. So that's not as important. But um, you know, fuck, the kids are expensive, man. Okay, I got I got an eleven year old, a six year old, and a two year old. I noticed yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, it's a lot. And they're expensive. So it saves me having to save for their college if I can send them off to some cushy ass job in like the Coast Guard or the Air Force. <laughs> they can they can go and sit in a cubicle all day and do something, you know. They can fuel Might they can go. fuel up the, the the boats and stuff. And... Yeah. As as I like to say, uh Uncle Sam got his, so I'm gonna get mine. Why not? You know, I I, I did my time, I got my shit and he's my benefits. Absolutely right, man. That's, per- that's perfect. That's perfect. At the same time, I wouldn't want them going and fighting for some bullshit cause. You know, I guess I felt a lot like Gary said, you know, post 9-11, because, I mean, I grew up an hour and a half in New York City. I was, I'm was i a New Jersey boy originally, too. Um, and, you know, I had people from my church, kids from my high school who lost parents in, in the World World Trade Center. Wow, um, yeah. Um, not as many because they weren't as close, but there's pl- there's a lot that commuted. Um, yeah, it's a, it doesn't cheap. Yeah, I, I understand that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, so I was kind of that, you know, rah, rah, like, let's go get them. And, you know, as a kid, I'd always wanted to join the military. That had been my goal before that. Anyway, I was going to join whether that had happened or not. Um, but it gave it a little bit more purpose. Um, you know, I think I, I always felt deep down that, like, I just wanted us to go over there and do the job right since we were already over there. Like, I can't go back and say, well, this guy should have done this and this guy should have done that because armchair quarterbacking won't get you so far. We'll only get you so far. But if we're going to do a job, let's at least do it right. That's my only thing. We fucked up and staying there as long as we did. But you is think it that true, it's not- true that no matter when you left, like this shit was going to happen? Is, is that not I, true? Like The way we handled it? Yes. Do I think if we had handled the situation better over the past 20 years, it would have ended up like this? Probably not. Right. But I think I we totally, fucked up. I disagree. But that is that is money money. 
quarterbacking, right? I, isn't isn't that isn't that? I'm not saying that you're wrong, but but like I I feel like you can't like you said earlier, you it can't be tamed. And no. So now and there's so no way the you can tame it and leave. Like it's just so great. So given the situation and how he handled it, 100. I expected this to happen. 100. Not as so, fast though. Mm-hmm. Maybe not within eleven days, but I figured at least sixty <laughs> was yeah. my guess. I put yeah, I was gonna say a year, but yeah, I wouldn't have even given it that. I would have said two months, and then I figured if we would have ended up like a pre nine eleven, where you have the the Tajiks and the Uzbeks way up north trying to hold on to Majarif Sharif and all that for as long as I could, you know, getting funneled aid from wherever they could get it. I figured we we're gonna go right back to pre nine eleven. I didn't expect it to fall as completely and as quickly as it did, but I didn't expect it to take very oh, long. I, how could you how could you say that? How could you say that when we were with the Afghan National Army and those guys would rather sit on their rifle than actually point it forward and shoot it? No, I, I agree. But we it's been a long time since we were there, too. I mean, it's been eight but, years since we were there. But you but would nothing. Think, yeah, you're right. Well, and I'm sorry, I'm sorry to cut you off because I, no. I, I just, I just, I just totally, because that's, I just totally disagree with that. I think the whole point of Afghanistan being 20 years was because it was meant to be a 20 year cluster, clusterfuck project. I mean, it was absolutely meant to be that way by design. It was not meant. You can't find actually... money in a clusterfuck. Yeah, this right. is where you well, get really that... conspiratorial though. Guys. Makes it harder at least. I, I, no, no, because... Because and I again, I'll go. I'll go to my experience, and I, you know, and I think it's noble that you know that Austin would you know think that it would be good for his kids. I totally disagree with that too. I guess what all the all the all the alphabet people who want to be in the military, all the critical race theory people that want to be in the military and run the military now, they can go fight the wars for imperialism. I'm out. My family's out. We're out. You yeah. do it because we're not the def- you're not talking about defending the same country that I'm talking about defending. Okay. I'm not I'm not going down that road. And I put and I put my time in and I can say that and I and I will and I stand by that. So we I ain't I'm doing it. So yeah. that's my first point. The second point is is that Pete hit it on the nose. It the reason why it was designed to be that way was exactly to funnel money all over into different pet projects. And you would get these people graduating from Harvard and um, they would go, I'm an academic. I wrote a paper like, like you were alluding to before Austin. I wrote a paper about what if we gave, uh, what if we had the Afghans grow soy for three years and not, you know, poppy or not this or not that. And the poppy growth, grew exponentially during the 20 years we were there and i mean it, it was the 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 drug the black tar heroin coming out of afghanistan like quadrupled while we true? were there is that true is that they true? got a main pipeline to get it back to our country is that true gary <laughs> is that true yeah, I mean, is that one of your we, far right fucking right wing nut shit or is that is that a real statistic does that really happen i i i would i would almost a hundred percent i don't i don't know if it, it's a quadruple but it increased the the opium trade increased every year while we were there and the one thing that the taliban banned besides pedophilia was growing poppies okay because you i mean dudes dudes were walking around toasted on hashish and all these other drugs yeah, but that's, that that's sounds like RBC, that's, that's not 100%. Heroes. And here's here's why. They did it initially, but the Taliban... Oops, hang 
That man. Um, the, the Taliban had changed their thought on that, and here's why. Because oops, I just lose everything. Jeez. Am I still there? Yeah, you're there. Sorry, my phone's charging, and it won't stay on the thing here. Um, is that how you? Is that how you handle a rifle there, Private? Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, the the reason being is the Taliban needed to funnel the poppy and the heroin to, to help fund their shit as well. That's why Iran has some of the highest heroin overdoses in the world, if not the highest, is because they're, they're paying farmers to grow poppy, harvest it, and they'd ship it through over to Iran, which shares a border with Afghanistan. And it would, a it's course, like a, a porous border. Right? A porous border. And that's, and that's where the money comes. Yeah, Iran has the highest overdose? Is that what you just said? Yeah. In the world. In the world. Really? I know yep. they're all heroin addicts over there. And I, I know this because partly of what I do, and I track I a lot of drugs and where it comes from, um, but you know, they initially, yeah, they had banned it because it's bad for you until they found out that they could make a shitload of money and fund, fund their shit. They could fund their war based on their, their poppy growth. Now, when you look at it and you've got a farmer and you've got an American that comes over there and says, Hey, Mr. Farmer, why don't you stop growing poppy? That's making you, let's say 400 bucks an acre, right? I'm just, I'm throwing numbers out there and you can grow wheat instead which you might get 20 bucks an acre. What the fuck would you do? I'd make that money, right? Because the Americans mean nothing to me. I don't give right. a shit. I'm all about the Benjamins. So why not sell it to these people? Plus, when they say, hey, we'll pay you. And if you don't do it, we'll just kill your family. And it'll be horrendous. And we'll chop all your heads off and you know, light your bodies on fire. And then you'll never go to where fucking Muslim heaven, whatever it is. You know, Of course, I'm going to grow it. I'm going to get paid to do it. And I get to stay alive. You are goddamn right. And that's, I mean, shit, that's, that's how the drug trade works around the world. You get the same thing in Honduras and all these other places growing weed. I mean, they and do cocoa. the same thing. Hey, yeah, and cocoa. We're going to pay you X, we're going to pay you way more money to grow this than you would if you, you grew something that was, that would help sustain the country. Well, I think also, I think also you have the role of, uh, the unscrupulous role of big pharma involved in that as well. Oh. Do they, who are, the they, they use who are the root of all evil? Well, I'd say like the sacklers with the opioids. But yeah, um, but, but do they use poppy to to manufacture? No, they don't. They, they don't. So. They, they don't. They don't use poppy, but they use. I mean, not. Uh, but they use the derivatives. They have the opioid. You know, I mean, the opioids. It's called chemical are, stuff that they make in a lab. Yeah, well, I mean, what the diff- what's the difference between me making, you know, uh, heroin in the garage and heroin in a lab? It's just, you know, it always looks nicer if I'm in a white lab coat. Rather yeah, than you it in a pill form instead of smoking it out of a, a fucking... Yeah, I, I, I mean, face. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I just think that the, the, the purpose of Afghanistan being for 20 years was generals were running a war off of a spreadsheet. Um, we never... We never had, I mean, they, um, Donald Rumsfeld, some of his memos, people were going through his memos because he just passed away and he, he wrote this memo basically, and I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing and I'm, I'm being extremely liberal here. So please forgive me because I'm trying to remember it off the top of my head, but he basically was like, uh, every, cause when we went into Iraq and we went into Afghanistan, we literally like toppled these governments in like two weeks. And he was like, uh, 
now what help like like in his memos like what what, what policy should we drive and then they kind of latched on to the neocon idea of nation building and creating these western democracies which is like the more and more you think about it and you know at the time it was like yeah we should democratize and so you're like the more and more you think about it now you're like what the hell were we thinking this idea of like bringing democracy to afghanistan like I did not go to Afghanistan. I'm sorry. I know this is going to upset a lot of people, but I didn't go to Afghanistan so Afghan girls could go to school. Like, sorry, I don't give a fuck. Like, I'm just going to be blunt about that. Like, I don't care if they ever go to school ever again. How about that? It's like I went there because I thought I was keeping bad people out of my country. Right. I mean, that that was what those were the bill of goods I was sold. OK. Mm -hmm. And then it and then it morphed into wait, I want to teach these people how to vote. And I want to teach, you're talking about a country that gets like a 35% voter turnout. We're going to teach people how to vote. And we're going to teach people about democratic institutions. And we're going to teach people how to send girls to school. Like, bro, hard pass. Like, I don't want to be involved in that. And again, that goes back to like wanting my kids to be involved. It's like, I don't want to be in these projects. These are projects that are designed by academics at Harvard and Yale that are executed by lesser intellectuals at the West Point that are called generals. And it all, all it does is it grinds regular day-to-day -day people like all of us on the show that wind up joining the military into, into fucking nubs and dust. And what do we get out of it? You get a 20-year nightmare that escalated into like people falling off friggin' airplanes in the sky plummeting to their deaths okay and and that that's the reward that's what we get because our war our wars aren't fought for the glory of the nation i mean if we were fighting wars and taking territory as terrible as that may sound at least we get we got something right so <laughs> yeah. i mean anyway go ahead neil i'm sorry um <laughs> you're the good news bear tonight huh good news gear bear <laughs> I'm really, I'm really happy about what's been said tonight. So, can can I change? Can I change subjects? Or before do you, you change, do you before keep you, being a bad news bear. You, hold on, before you change subjects. I knew, I knew it. <laughs> so, that little spiel you just like. So, you don't think our country, the richest country on this planet, should overwatch and make sure human atrocities are not happening? You don't no. think we should? Do, we should not have that. I that's. That's sad. I say that, I, no, no. I, I would I say I would say they're happening regardless. They're going to happen. Exactly. No Thank but, you. But we we should still partner with kind of the other richer countries gonna... and and make sure people aren't genociding people. Why should but we you give can't. A but you can't don't. make sure anything. You can do to your best. You can you, do but what you do you your can. best, but you can't make sure of anything. You can't. You can't. Arrogant, to, arrogant to think that you're just gonna. No, big brother, everything. You know? I, I'd like to stop everything, the but... genocide. I'd like to stop the genocides that happen in the United States every day, which is um, the oh, opioid crisis. Which, well, okay. Um, you know, it's interesting that you don't that you don't like a, abortion or that you're for abortion. I'm not. Um, I, but I'm yet, a man. I don't. I don't. I don't have a say. It's not my body. Well, okay. Oh, uh, well, okay. That's the way I feel about vaccines. Um, so, exactly. uh, I, I think you have genocides that happen every day in the United States, whether it's the opioid crisis, whether it's abortion, whether it's, uh, the missing children that are on Indian reservations, 
whether it's the amount of murders that are happening in our inner cities. I think we have a lot of work to do in the United States before we start projecting our wealth and intellectual uh, ideas on the rest of the planet. I think that we've spent enough money of our own money and wealth uh, enriching other people in the world. Um, I don't want to import more third worlders into this country because we've devastated their countries. I think what we need to do here, we could have had crisscrossing high speed bullet trains. We could have had like 70 of those bitches if we just took the $2 trillion that we pissed away for 20 years. Uh, we could have built all the infrastructure in this country and we could have ended a lot of those things that you're worried about in other countries, Pete, here in this country. Um, even if we wasted one of those yeah, two trillion you can't, you can't just fight stuff in our country and then watch the rest of the world fall to the wayside. You got it's got to oh, all be done at the all at the same time because it's all happening at the same time. Well, why not? What is what is I, I guess my thought is, is what what does that matter? Like, why do I really give a shit? what someone in Tajikistan does. They don't give a shit about me. Why should I care if they decide they want to ethnically cleanse their people? Because we are, it's, it's not at, at some Why point, we the world at some point you need to open the lens a little bit and it's not just America. It's a planet, a human race. And we got to yeah. take care of the whole planet. But if we're the only ones that give a shit about it, where's we're England? Where's we're Germany? not. Where's They're the there. No, they're not. It, the first time shit goes downhill, the first people they turn to is, what is America going to do? Because we are the, the second wealthiest because, country on the planet. We take our fingers and we stick them in every pot. And we always think, get involved in other people's shit. Pete, I, I think, um, you know, I think maybe we should let someone else have a chance. Maybe the Chinese will do a better job. Um, you know, they, they, yeah, they, they'll just they kill all, all the Muslims and we'll be really well, happy about that. Well, I mean, yeah, but okay. Well, everyone throw their iPhone out. Everyone throw out everything I they have. In their house at the yeah. Show. I'll fucking can't stand. Well, it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it doesn't regardless if you have an iPhone. Well, I'm just saying, but, but I'm just saying there's, there's probably tons of Chinese items in your, and then when people do things like put tariffs against Chinese goods, we get told what? They're stupid, uh, you know. That ain't gonna. That's not gonna help when we when we are punitive to places like China. Look, the the same thing is like with the climate. You know, people China. scream about climate change. At the same time, China is building, uh, I think, 182 coal power plants uh, within the next year or two. So, and guess where, like, they're, sent, guess who, where they're getting their coal from? China. No. Nope. West Virginia. You get it from Montana. We, they have a line that ships coal from Montana to, to Seattle, and it ships out to China from there. Yeah, we can't burn it here. It's bad yeah. for the environment. But the Chinese don't give a shit, so why shouldn't we? All of our measures that we put in to, to keep – to make the planet better, China undoes in one day. And really, again, when you talk about moving money around – it's just a big circle jerk of money moving because green, the green energy stuff is uh, just another way to, um, to shuffle money from one group of people to another. It's just wealth redistribution. Because um, so? if, well, if, if you're in green energy, you have a degree, which means you're, you're most likely going to have more money than, than the person picking coal. So how's that wealth redistribution? 
wait, wait, say that again. So if you if you're in green energy, if you're a worker in green green energy, or you're a business in green energy, you're most likely going to have a college degree. You're most likely going to come from an affluent background. So how is that wealth distribution? They're already wealthy because because who do you you just said it? Because those wealthy people are now going to take money out of the pocket of those coal miners to fund their green projects where they're building wind wind turbine plants that are uh you know wiping out wealth redistribution it's just wealth keeping wealth in one in one aspect no it's It's the same term if they're taking money out of the uh pockets of of near if 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 they're being uh and i hate to use this marxist term but, but if they're being they're being exploitive because what happens is is they're removing the coal miner's ability to go to work and have a job but at the same time when they're taking taxes from him they're taking that money and they're they're subsidizing green energy all right so because if, if through taxes if, right and that's a redistribute that's redistribution of wealth right there I mean that's it right there. That's it. Taxes. So always has been that it's taxes have you, always have been a redistribution of wealth back to somebody. No, no. What that's do you not mean? true. Not even all the way back when, to the kings. It's not taking it from the, the peasants, giving it to the king and making him wealthy, taking it from no. the peasants. It's the it's taxation is different in that sense of redistribution of wealth was when they started with the income taxes and stuff like that, because when they could take my money out of my pocket that from my labor, right. Which is extremely exploitive. That's why, like, that's why, and not to get into a whole different thing. That's why this idea that after uh, capitalism is socialism, it's total bullshit because there'll always be classes. This idea that you go from capitalism to socialism, to communism, it'll never happen. It doesn't happen. But the point is, is that there's redistribution of wealth through taxation because you have subsidizing of programs that would not get off the ground if without that kind of subsidy. And that's green. That's green energy in a nutshell, because green energy can't compete. The technology isn't there. And usually private investors. But but we're 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 post we're in a post capitalist society anyway. So. The idea that, you know, that you have a entrepreneur that's on his own dime developing um, some sort of technology for a green future, it's, it's, that's, that's totally bunk. That what they do now is they go to the government, they get subsidies, and then they insulate themselves through law. And then at the same time, they're uh, extremely punitive to competitive uh, uh, energy sources. And that's how you get your flow of re- redistribution. And what you do is you actually impoverish regular people who are trying to get clean or not clean per se, cleaner, but you're getting different types of energy that people can afford cheaply. And solar panels and wind and all that stuff doesn't work. The heavy metals that are used now, there's studies coming out that they're releasing a ton of heavy metals into the air that is getting absorbed by people's bones and people are getting like these like weird, like bone density diseases and things like that. So you're, you're, you're being extremely destructive, but because it's, it's right. passe to. I think what we're doing with gasoline right now is incredible. They're getting 40, 50 miles per gallon with, in, with a combustion engine, you know, not just a regular go to the gas station and get gas engine. I think what they're doing with gas, bat- batteries still suck. Batteries still 
suck. And maybe in the next 500 years, we'll, uh, we'll, uh, you know, have an alternative fuel. But right now, there, I think that I think it's it's never it's not said often enough that they're making, you know, they're doing leaps and bounds with just you know getting gas at a gas station. Cars are getting more and more incredible all the time. Horsepower and um and uh, fuel economy. But anyway, let let's circle this that's back. What we're, to, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. Well, yeah. Let's bring. Well, let's bring this back to the you know the question of America's role in the world. It's like I'm not a globalist, so I don't feel. I think we have enough problems to solve in the United States. I think we have uh, plenty of issues, and I just don't think by exporting what we what we think. I think that's a very um, uh, that's a that's a colonial mindset that we're going to colonize all these people uh, to think and be like us. Uh, a, a very homogenous and a homogenization of the planet. What this country is founded on. Well, okay. So is that is is that what you're saying? So we should. So what are you saying with that? I'm just asking. Is it not you're just uh, that's not what this country was founded on being an economy? Our, our country wasn't founded on being the world's police. It no, was no, giving... no. But it was founded on being a colony and colonizing. Well, it wasn't no. founded on being a colony. It was they were colonies. The British and the French and the Dutch and everybody else that sent people over here. Eventually, so, all fell under the English. Like, so we were founded as colonies. <laughs> they were founded as a colony, right? For another yes. country. And then we rebelled and we started our own country. We weren't a right. country while we were the colonies that belonged to England. So right. we didn't find, found ourselves on a colony in order to colonize. We're still going to have world. some of those yeah. foundations. Well, what, what foundation is it? There's nothing in any of our founding documents that say, you know what? We're going to get involved in other people's shit and ignore our own. There's nothing in there's nothing in there. So I mean, it's that's not a what I, principle. I mean, half of Jefferson's presidency, he was like loath because he wouldn't pick a side when the English and the French were fighting each other. Mm-hmm. Okay, I was just asking a question. That whole the whole colonization part of the United States, I, I'd say, probably stems back to like the Spanish American War in 1898 getting involved in Cuba. Well, I'd even go back further with the founding of Liberia. Okay, fair fair enough. I was was more referring to like flexing military might and other people's business. Yeah, well, that's, well, that's, and I I get in arguments with Todd all the time. I know we're not doing history, but I, that's where we, where that kind of imperialism was brought in during the Civil War uh, after the Union victory. That's, that's clearly when the states lost their ability to um, to either leave the union or to uh, have a greater voice in the union, and and the federal government subsumed all of the power. That's when you can do those imperial projects. That's when you start hearing things about the nation, because the United States wasn't formed as a nation. It was the United States. It used to have the in front of it, the United States. And that's that that article is, is of huge import because each state that's why up until the Civil War, that's where guys would say, what are you? And they would say, I'm a Virginian. I'm a mass. I'm from Massachusetts. I'm from New York. I'm from they wouldn't say I'm from the United States. You didn't hear that until much later right? because we weren't a nation. I'm an American. They wouldn't say that. Right. Well, OK, so so going back to my this is a very good point. Right. So. 
going back to the Spanish-American War, which is why partially why I believe this, is the, the United States as it is now was still torn 30 years later, correct? And it was yeah. the drawing of that war that helped build the United States further into what it is now, which is you're losing those state identities. Because even then, through Reconstruction and everything else, you still had the the Southern section and the Northern. It was still a very divided country. There's still a lot of animosity there. And that that's what actually brought a lot of it together. I mean, you look at Teddy Roosevelt's Rough Riders, you, you stop seeing a lot of state regimental active duty units. It was a homogenous group of um, of people from everywhere. And that's what really brought the U.S. back into that it, or not brought back, but brought it into that. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It, where it was, it was less states and more more federal. Now, I'm not disagreeing that post Civil War, the federal government really took that that role and said, "You guys, are, you know, you're not individuals anymore." But I think it was that turning point because it gave the attack on the main was the thing that, hey, it doesn't matter where these people are from; they attacked our country. I'm not. I'm half asleep. I'm tired. I'm sorry. No, no, <laughs> no. But I, I, th- I don't know if you can see what I'm getting at here. I feel like I'm rambling. But the the point is, is like it was. It was much like our Pearl Harbor, but in 1898, 1897, I think actually is when it went off. I get um, but and that's what that's what started that. It was the attack on us that brought us all back together and said, hey, we're no longer. It healed a lot of those animosities between the North and the South. I mean, you look at. Roosevelt's Rough Riders are a prime example and I love Teddy Roosevelt I mean he's a very for a guy that looks like a nerd he was a very masculine man and I respect him for that what did he do he brought guys from brought guys from New York City from the Wild West from all over the place IRS agents and all that and he made a military unit out of it he he combined everybody and and made something he didn't give a shit if you're from Arizona or New Mexico or New York City or Maine or wherever as long as you could do your job. And I think that that was part of what in building those active duty military units and everything else and helping heal the country was look how outraged we are. They didn't attack the South. They didn't attack the North. They attacked us in general. And I think that was really the turning point on, on top of the imperialism and the colonialism of saying, Hey, we're going to go get involved in someone else's business. Right. Well, it's we always, this- well, that's always, I mean, that's, I mean, that's part of the problem with the Imperial Project, right? Because the excuse is always, well, if we all go together and do this X, Y, and Z, look, it'll, it'll be a great unifier. When in reality, the, 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 to the great detriment of the people, um, at least in the case of the United States, the, 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 um, the rewards aren't as great as the suffering um, again, I mean, I, I just, and I, and I understand your point with the Spanish American war. I think a lot of other people would also add world war one in that as a final mm-hmm. cementing of the nation, oh, right? Sure. The, the United States. Um, but I, I think, I, I think, you know, using war as a way to unify people is, is not necessarily the best because wars, because wars end and, you know, what do you have after that? Do you go back? I mean, that's kind of part of the well, issue. Do you go back to look at it though? I mean, look at look at how how often this has worked in our history. Okay, Spanish American War, the main the USS Maine gets blown up, World War One, 
the Zimmerman note, right? It wasn't a direct attack, but it was the premise of a direct attack. Well, it was right? the sinking of the Lusitania, I thought. Well, that was, that was in 1915. 1917 was the Zimmerman note. Um, Lusitania was a predecessor that we kind of overlooked, but it was once that note came out that um, finding out that the Germans were conspiring with the Mexicans to invade the United States again, that's what really set us over the edge. It was two years apart. Then you've got Pearl Harbor, right? We were attacked again. Now, then you've got the Gulf of Tonkin incident, and you've got... Uh, now we're into Vietnam. Which was, wasn't it fabricated? Was it the yeah. Gulf of Tonkin? I'm pretty sure this like totally was fabricated. fabricated too. But now look at, and then look at 9-11. We were attacked. Did, did you hear anybody in the weeks following 9-11 saying anything but we should probably go kill these fuckers? Yes, we did. No. And her, her name was Barbara Lee. Okay. And she was the well, only no vote. Well, I tell you what. You have to give Barbara Lee credit. And Barbara Lee is someone who we would all, well, don't fall asleep. we would all, what's that? I said, Todd, don't fall asleep. Um, <laughs> Barbara Lee was the only no vote for the authorization of the use of military force. And I think she was also the only no vote for the Patriot Act. Because she yeah. said, they're going to, she goes, you give them these powers now and they'll turn around Never. and use it on you later. Yeah. Good question. Well, my no, my point sure. was more of the, the, the common folk. Obviously, politicians are a breed above their own, or a breed of their own. But my, my point was it was a it was a way to unite the people. Because think about what happened prior to 9-11, right? Bush and Gore, that, that great division there, eight years of fucking slick Willie in the White House. You well, know, let me ask you a question then. Oh, let me ask you a question. I know Pete's got a question, but let me ask you a quick question. So should we just invent premises every time the U.S. feels like people are at each other's throat in our country? Should we just go invade somebody? Is that, I mean, is that... Kind of what no, Afghanistan just did. Worked in the past. That's all I'm saying. Every time shit gets really bad, it something happens. So why didn't the War of 1812 unify us like that? Why didn't it? Yeah, that was well, a foreign invasion. Ish. I mean, the War of 1812 really started as, as because Americans were getting Americans and British sailors that had deserted the British Navy were getting pressed off of American boats to go fight but, for England but, and Napoleon. Yeah, but after so, the War of 1812, the states went back to their respective parts. The federal government shrank back again. The military was. You have to think about it, though. Okay, think about it like this Who was the president then? James Madison, right? He's one of the founding fathers. So he still had that mindset of the founding of the country and what it was founded on. But once you start okay. moving away from that, right? So he still has, he holds all those values still dear to his heart. So he's not going to inflict that um, or project that uh, imperialist mindset because that's not what he wanted. That wasn't his goal when, when he helped start the country during the revolution. But as you drift away from that and, it's like anything else. As you get farther away from the founding principles, you you get lost in the sauce somewhere. All right, go ahead, Pete. What was your question? Uh, my question is going to be uh, more of like a future, futuristic kind of wishing kind of question. What would be the catalyst or event that makes the entire planet fall in line under one leader, one order, one nation, which is like. I don't know. Just 
I know. I know the answer. Together right? as one, when, working when, together as one planet. Yeah, when when Gary is in charge. <laughs> there you go. Duh. When he's elected, you got a better. You got a better question. What's I your next am. question? Yeah, that was that was it. Zoltan. I mean, because I was just going off with like he's, all the unifying wars and everything like that. So, what awful thing would have to happen for this an alien invasion? Yeah, I guess that would never happen. But I, I, I don't even, <laughs> and I think, and I think even after that, people would be killing each other. No, we'll we'll be killing each other no matter what. That's just the nature of humans. Well, then why do we try to fight the nature of humans and not accept what the nature of humans are? I think that's that's because that's we have the- we have multiple natures. Like we have multiple personalities. We we want to be nurturing. We want to we want we want to be greedy. We want to have things. And- I can want money, and I can right. want to take care of my kids, and still want to smoke every Taliban that I see. That doesn't right. that doesn't make make me any less. It's not like a personality flaw. So but no, it's not. I'm not, I'm not saying it's a personality flaw. It's just that there's a lot of us, and we all want oh, something a little bit different from the next person. Exactly. But- yes. <laughs> That's the point, is like, just accept what human nature is instead of trying to fight it. So I don't, we, we I don't have to... Anybody's really have to, fighting it. Absolutely, we are. But, but I mean, try, we can't go and let somebody kill tens of thousands of people because they don't like who they pray to why not as long why as they're not? not killing our tens of thousands of people <laughs> yeah i don't understand why because then you're not working it's like not as my one business planet. you're not working as one planet well i don't want to work as one planet i don't want to do you can't you can't do both you can't just step back and enjoy why? yourself and let and then let everybody else kill themselves right you can't someone's going to come and kill you eventually at some point, you have to get involved. Well, that's what they're saying, though. That's what they're saying. Yeah, that's yeah. what they're saying. You, it, it'd be nice to sit back and and, and know, enjoy barbecue. my backyard and barbecue yeah, and hang out with my friends. Meanwhile, and then, if you don't get involved, my neighbors getting killed next door by the fucking towers. gangbangers. Well, I, I, I got to go do something. Right? I'm shot. Yeah, but nobody. Yeah, but that. Okay, how many people are out there fighting gangbangers right now? I don't know. Like, there's, well, a, there's why, a big well, difference in that. See, you're backing up a friend. If if the Brits were getting into or getting attacked at some point, at some point, we're only not our friend. But Afghanistan's not our friend anymore. But we're all Myanmar is not our friend. But I'm not talking about countries. I'm not talking about countries and and their political people. Talking about humans. We're all separated by six degrees of separation or seven on the whole planet. And it's some. I know you through Gary. It's everybody knows everybody on this planet by six people. What? Yes. Well, I guess my point. I guess my point is, is then, uh, besides doing this podcast, what what are, what are you doing, Mister Unifier? Are you out fighting the gangs? Are you out? Um, my my contribution is to just raising good people that love everybody that they come in contact with and don't do stupid shit. That's my contribution. I, 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 I can't fight wars. I, I tried to sign up for the military. I had 14 screws, two plates in my, my ankle. They wouldn't take me. Right. Yeah. But I, I mean, I, I think the, the, pro- the, the deeper problem is, is that you're fighting in Afghanistan um, and whatever helping. Oh, it's not. I'm that, not that saying that Afghanistan was the right thing to do at, at, at any point. I'm just saying, what are we, we going to do? As... No, I'm not. 
Well, no, no, you're say, you're ma- well, you're saying that we should be more globally involved, and when we're globally involved, you get Afghanistan's. I mean, that's that's the reality. But you get Iraq's. Like, what what, what about all the thousands of civilians that were killed? in those wars, either advertently or inadvertently, not just by U.S. forces, but by Taliban forces. Uh, I mean, um, ha- had we not been there, maybe those people didn't get killed. Uh, did you think about that? I mean, that, no, I, mean I, I think... I definitely thought about that. Like, things happen. Do I, I can't... T- I don't have the answers. I don't know the answers. I'm just asking the questions. No one has the answers, though. That's, <laughs> that's the thing. No I'm one, just asking who knows, who the question. The why not well, try... And make the planet better. That's what I the think, UN I mean, for. I think, they can commit troops. No, I, the UN, all the UN does is send troops <laughs> to places and they, they, they uh, wear those blue funny helmets and walk around and ask yeah. the Haitians how great the UN is. Um, I know. I, I just have to say the US Congress was correct and not letting the US go into the League of Nations. A forerunner of the United Nations. Um, you know, unfortunately, we uh, did a, a turnabout from that uh, with the United Nations later. But I still believe not getting into an international organization probably would have been a good thing. So we shouldn't be in Genevieve? So I, just, I, I, I think. I think bringing bringing this back to what is happening currently in Afghanistan, I think that when you look at the global situation and this idea that this it's that's a very neoconservative idea that we're going in a very neoliberal idea that we're going to go, um, which it's crazy because what is neoliberalism versus neoconservatism? They're basically the same thing. But it's it's um, there used to be a guy on Twitter called uh, Second City Bureaucrat, and he used to he used to talk about like what the hell neoliberalism even means. But but basically, you have your neocons and now your neoliberals who want to keep engaging in these world like projects. And I don't think it benefits a kid off the farm in Iowa to go to Afghanistan under the guise of getting Afghan girls into school. Meanwhile, his uncle is dying from an opioid addiction because our pharmaceutical companies are like, are poisoning people. And then they have to result to cheap heroin when they can't get scripts anymore. Um, Like I I just don't, I don't understand how that is uh, more beneficial to an American than actually just kind of doing what you said, which is just like raising your family, uh, you know, as a single unit, um, just going and living your, your life, being thankful that you're in a country that has so many natural resources and things like of that nature. Um, and, 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 and working through our problems, because I, I just don't see, um, like, I don't think war, especially after experiencing war, um, War should be, and I want to say, Austin, you'll agree with me on this. We, if we declare war on somebody, we should totally and absolutely annihilate and destroy them and then come the fuck home. And yep. I think that uh, when, when we, when, what we've done is the same thing we've done 
with everything else and we've sanitized war and we've sanitized death and we've made these things so that um like you can go to afghanistan and play xbox in your chew and then go out on a mission smoke somebody and then you're back to like this normal it's it's so it's such a and then you're you've got all this armor on and these like and the medics and the medical and because guys aren't dying so much anymore is getting injured then you know your death count is low and then and then you can kind of have these protracted engagements forever because they use the technology and they they make uh, war in a way that it's never really an ultimate and final arbiter of whatever reasons that brought you to that not like the 1800s the no, well yeah. yeah i mean if you shoot a cannonball at 50 dudes standing there just wearing pants and shirts, shirts they die they're gonna die yeah i, I mean and, it, and i'm not listen i'm not saying that americans should die or anybody else should die but it's like if you're gonna have a war it had it, it, um so here I, I, i'm interrupt you because you, you said it twice and i think you're gonna say it a third time if we go to war with somebody we declare war on Italy tomorrow. We should go to Italy, destroy them, and make it our fucking country and rebuild it. No. Yeah, why not? Not make it ours and rebuild it. We go there, we, we destroy it, and we leave. Like people have done for thousands of years. No, that's not what they've done. They conquered it. Yeah. It became theirs. Not always. <laughs> not, not always. 99% of the time. I wouldn't say so, Tell no. me when. <laughs> Tell me when, when so we went and killed somebody, destroyed a, com- a country, and left, and didn't I... rebuild it or do anything. Mexico, 1845. Okay. Canada, 1812. We didn't destroy them, but we did. We whooped them at first, and then we retreated because we got, yeah, we, we got we, a little, we, yeah, we got our little pussy-itis. There. <laughs> World War II. I mean, yeah, we rebuilt our allies, and we helped. We're a little still bit that, freaking the, there. Yeah, we're still there, but we're not third nation building. The point is, is they had people that knew how to run a fucking government then. That's but the true. difference is, is, when we went and we took over Germany, right, and we went there, we kicked the shit out of them. We absolutely kicked the shit out of them. Sure, it yeah, wasn't sure, yeah. pussy putting around and like, well, we'll let the Germans fight the Germans for themselves, and like, we'll give them some guns and a little bit of training. No, we went over there and we bombed them into submission. You know, you ever hear that old that old saying that the Germans used to have to figure out who they were fighting? It was if you if you fire a shot at these guys and you get a shitload of rounds coming back at you, they're they're British. If you do this and you know you catch like two or three shots, they're French. And if you fire a shot at them, you don't hear anything for a few minutes, and then your spot gets annihilated, then they're the Americans because we used our artillery and bombed these motherfuckers into submission. That's the whole point. If we're going to go fight a war, let's absolutely kick the shit out of them. Look, I mean, okay, not even not, – this is a probably a poor example because of the scale, but let's take this. Look at Grenada. We went into Grenada. We kicked the shit out of the Cubans, and then we left, right? 1983. We're, we're, we're not still in Grenada. We went in there. Guantanamo. We did what we had to do, and we left. Where's Guantanamo? But, but, but yeah, Grenada is the exception, not the norm. Panama. But where's Guantanamo? Guantanamo's in Cuba. What did you say? Grenada. Grenada. I don't know where that is. Where is that? It's another island in the Caribbean. Pretty close, right? You ever seen uh, Heartbreak Ridge? How, how far? How far do we have to go? I think it's closer to South America than it is uh, mainland U.S. Point so being, do we get there with a jet on one tank of fuel, or do we do we have to do that mid midair? Refill. I'm not. I'm not a re- so air not refueling expert. So I was just too far away. My, my, my point is, it's not too far away. 
it's not too far away. No, but right. the, the, the aspect is the same as we went there, we did our job and we left Panama too. And Go then we could probably one. hit them with a surface to air missile with one of our subs, oh, one of our aircraft but, carriers. Yeah, no matter what, you can't you can't just you can't just artillery people into submission. You have to use boots on the ground as well. So that's just a fact of life. No, no amount of technology in airplanes is gonna is gonna replace having having someone there to pull the trigger on a rifle. But what we no, should have done you in Afghanistan. Control all the corners, you gotta control yeah, like, streets like, and checkpoints and all like that. Like I shit. said from the beginning, what we should have done in Afghanistan is we gone in there, spanked the Taliban, killed Al Qaeda, and then fucking beat out. And I and I agree with that. But but we don't always have to stay there for an hour or two. But we did never declared war on them either. No, we didn't. We we had the GWAT, the global right. war on terror. Well, we yeah. haven't declared well, the a- war on war too. Yeah, I will say that. I understand we that. War I understand that. I understand that. I know that as well. Is, is well that, what's what? Wait, wait. So wait. So then, what's the authorization for the use of military force? Just authorization. It's not. It's not declaring war. Declaring well, just war. because it doesn't say I'm declaring war doesn't mean it's not declaring war. If you're authorizing the use of military force, you're declaring war. I mean, you're, yeah, you're such saying... a liberal fucking answer, Pete. No, I know. Such a liberal way to just you're not saying read. I'm at war with you. You're just saying <laughs> if you shoot at me, I'm going to shoot back. <laughs> I mean, well, that's just like good business, right? <laughs> I, I do that here. <laughs> like this. Well, I, I, I think um, I think I think we could wrap up this Af- the Afghan part. Is that, was there was I th- I think there was another thing we wanted to talk about or Neil? Do you oh, I, I just, before you leave us, I wanted to say about the about Biden. Okay, so we leave before we take out our weapons. Um, no, they they, they the, gave them to them. The Taliban has more Blackhawks than Australia at this point. That's we, we, gave, we gave those to Afghanistan. They were supposed Good. to fight with those. So it, it's awesome that you can justify this, Pete. No, no, so I'm not I justifying. Lo- I love the justification. I, I'm just, I'm just saying that's what happened. And then who, who can fly? I, I know them? that's what you're who saying. Can, I'm listening. I love listening there. to what you're saying. Who can fly them over there? I'm just saying that if we're going to give the Taliban Blackhawks and machine guns, I want some too. That's Me too. My biggest thing. Did you see my post that I put? What in are the, the miles per gallon on a Blackhawk? That's what I want. I was going to put my beard on like your beard and go try to find some free guns. You know how fast I would get to places if I had Blackhawk? Right. Right. So fucking fast. But, 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 but on a serious note, you guys were there. How many Taliban soldiers can fly a Blackhawk? I don't know. It depends That's on a, how many how many on, Afghan man, they'll, they'll army pilots decide to defect to the Taliban. Now. Yeah, no, yeah, I get that part. I get that. Doesn't matter part. if it's tomorrow or fucking two years, five years, ten years from now. Like they'll figure it out. The like if they have the machinery for ten years. It's not going to figure fly. it out, man. I mean, that's that's. I, I hate that argument. It's a weak argument. They it's they'll not, figure it out um, how to fucking work that shit. I oh, I understand it really yes, smart. Fuck the Iranians will send people over there to teach them. I'm sure somebody will teach them. CIA, FBI, thanks before. So uh, no, I mean I, I I'm, yeah, I'm just saying. American Dad, I know. I watch American Dad all the time. Stan Smith's gonna teach him how to fucking fly. Who's, who's gonna teach him? Who's gonna? It, it, it could be the Brits. They want their country back. So is is Gary uh, still here? 
Hello. I'm here. Uh, I'm I'm going right. to uh I'll be right back. Gary, do you want to um well oh my last point. I mean we we oh, here we go. We take the we take the troops out as the first thing we do. It should have been the last thing we did. I mean we give give up Bagram Air Force Base. I know Gary is disagree with this. But we leave leave Americans out stranded. I mean, it's just horrible, and it's like it didn't have to be this way. And quite frankly, it's I, I there was no planning. I mean, the the Biden administration wanted us out for the twentieth anniversary of nine eleven. That's all they cared about. That's all. So they wanted out by then. So there was no planning because that would have taken time to do the other things about getting the military ready, getting our equipment out, getting the Americans out, blah, blah, blah. Uh, that takes time. And we wouldn't have made that September 11th, 20th anniversary. And, and that's appalling to me. That's all I wanted to say. Yeah, that was a dumb mistake. How do you pull all your military people out without getting all the civilian stuff? Just... Here's the thing, though. So Trump made this deal, right? Yes, he did. As as Biden likes to point out, Trump made this deal. Yes, he did. But what, what a lot of people fail to realize is that it was a conditional deal, which the Taliban had to hold up their end of the bargain or else we could renege too, right? Which means we could go back to doing airstrikes. We could go back to sending more troops over there, blah, 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 blah. We could reassert our dominance and whatever. So. Personally, I didn't read my that. On it. Say what? I didn't. I didn't read that part of it. Yeah, that's that was a. It was a conditional deal. I mean, they have to. It's like any deal. If if that's I shake your hand, that's why say, they scuttled it. Sorry, huh? I just want to add. That's why they. That's why there were generals that were able to scuttle a lot of it um, right before Trump left office because they mm-hmm. they basically wrote a bunch of reports saying how the Taliban we're actually not meeting the conditions. Right. But go ahead. Well, the point was, and now I'm, I'm going to say this because I, I do think that it's time for us to have pulled out. Um, but if, again, back to my premise that I said earlier, if we're going to do it, let's do it right and not just leave it the way we have for the past 20 fucking years, right? And just kind of going over there, checking our box and coming back. If we're going to do this job, let's make sure people didn't die in vain or any of this other crap. So that being said, we shouldn't have just said, well, fuck it. The Taliban are just fucking us over. We're going to let them do that and not give a shit. We should have given a couple of shits. And we should have pushed back. We should have said, Why you know, not? fuck you guys. Now we're, now we're leaving. When, or now we're when, not we, leaving. when we... And, and this is where, again, um, I know Todd will like this. I know uh, other, other people may not. But I think this is where Trump would have been successful in a second term had he negotiated the withdrawal with the Taliban and negotiated a peace treaty. Because mm-hmm. then if you had if you had negotiated a peace treaty, then you wouldn't have to worry about all these people running around the country because that would have been a condition in the peace treaty. And look, look, mm-hmm. see what you want to say about Trump. Okay. Again, I've I've said before on the show. Um, there's tons of stuff I disagree with Trump about, but Trump was right about NATO. 
He was right about withdrawing all these things. And he had a good track record in terms of making deals with countries over foreign policy, uh, the Abraham Accords, all those things that um, are better guarantors of peace um, than anything else. Uh, you could say whatever you want about his domestic stuff and yada, 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 and, and, and everything else. But, but in reality, yes, grab what, pussy. Yeah, but that, that, but that, what does that have to, who cares? Who cares? Who cares about that? We're talking about making deals with foreign nations who, and who, yet who they were cares? successful. Who cares who my daughter's looking at on TV? I, I you know, that, that, that's what I care about. What the, the role model is of, of the person that's leading our country. He's not grabbing pussy. Oh, please. Oh, please. Please oh, yeah. spare me. Spare me your indignation. Oh, stop. Hey, just stop. You stop, dude. Just just stop. Okay, because looking at it, looking Here's at a senile the, old man who is into segregation and shit, that's way better. He's only smelling he's only smelling it. He's not grabbing it. You can you can you can make stupid dis- mistakes, right? Grabbing them by the pussy, whatever, and still be a good leader. I know when I was a sergeant, I made a lot of dumb fucking mistakes too. But to this day, grab anybody's pussy. Huh? You grab anybody? I grabbed, grabbed a few dicks in my day, but you know, whatever. But no. anyway, point being, um, that's what happens in the military. Yeah. Well, Rich knows. Well, you wouldn't uh, know. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's, no, it's a bunch of. I got. I got the. I got the gist. It's a a bunch of very homosexually acting straight men. Uh huh. Kind of scary. Anyway, um, it's like a football team. Being, it's not homosexual. It's platonic. That's right. It's not gay if you like it. Just remember that. Um, but the point is, you can still be you can be a shitty person and still be a good leader. Well, but aside from that, it, Rich is right. I mean, the fact is, is that if Trump was still president, Afghanistan wouldn't be falling right now. Wait, wait, I'd, put, so, I'd put money on that. It might be falling four years from now, but I don't think it would fall right now. And I, I say that because that he would not have just rolled over to the Taliban. That statement just does not screw with me. You can be a shitty person, but a good leader. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I that's mean, been, that's I, been proven with studies that not all great men are good men. That was Lord Acton who wrote that in the 1800s. Uh, that's been well known. In the 18-somethings, he wrote that. He must have done some bad things then. Gary, I don't know. I do, think you're a good Do the man. acts diminish too personal, the man? But you're, you're all right. Sometimes. Thanks. Sometimes. Yeah. He, he's an asshole. This isn't one of your not... best moments, but you, know, you normally you're all right. You know. Well, no, but, but I'm just saying that's kind of like uh, Lord Acton who said absolute power corrupts absolutely also said that not all great, not all great men are good men. So. But see, I like this small but, discussion because like a cop what, what Pete is saying, a lot of Americans believed and that's why they voted for Joe Biden. I have a lot of friends that voted against Trump. Because he had mean be, tweets. Just because <laughs> he was a bad guy. I mean, basically, there, there's a couple of friends that if he you, has all the best words. If, if you go policy by policy, run down the board, they agree with the Trump policy, but they won't vote for Trump. They hate Trump because of it's Trump. And uh, you can always find another leader to do those same things. He just needs to No, be. That, that was the problem. We, we couldn't. Mm. That was the problem. 
Nobody else was saying what he was saying in 2016. That's why he got elected. That's that's the irony of all this. You, you, that's the thing. He, he he was saying there was 75 people running in the Republican primary, and he was the only guy saying things that nobody else was saying, and that's why everybody voted for him. And then when he some of the stuff he was doing was actually working, even though he was getting undercut every every which way. That's when people really got nervous because they were like, oh, shit, some of the stuff he's doing that he said he would do is actually working. Got to get the guy out of here. Holy shit. That a, guy was... that's, a guy is doing what he said he would do. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's not exactly. fathomable. You know? They were like, no, Biden's going to do what he's going to He said he's going to do. Yeah, yeah whatever. No, he's he's whatever. fucked this up already. Inflation no, is no, up. Stop. Let me finish my sentence. If you went to college and you took out student loan debt, he's going to forgive it. Oh, that's nonsense. <laughs> he's talking about fucking gas. Also, talking about gas prices and shit. What are you talking about, dude? What? That's you cut him off to I, hypothetical? No, no. It's not yeah, hypothetical. Yeah, yeah. There was just an article that. Well, you let me know when your student loans get paid off. How's that? No, I don't have any student loans. I don't either. Because <laughs> I joined the army. So you paid. Thanks a lot. I, no, well, I pay. Yeah, I pay for you and me. Thanks. Yep. Point being, though, is that yeah, like but just fear because Malala can go to school in Afghanistan. Pete. So, so you don't tell realize me, that. Oh, that's great. Um, tell me how Biden made gas prices go to three fifty. Uh, called canceling the Keystone Pipeline. I mean, I don't know. Now we're importing more we oil start there. from we foreign start countries. There. I mean. Which price we're I mean, uh, of oil right now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, what, is the, what, what is the uh, price hey, of oil? Hey, have hey, to hey, do with I feel like this is a question for Todd. I think Todd would love to fucking answer this question. I mean, gas prices are higher than three fifty here in in Washington State, Seattle. I mean, Sorry to hear that, bud. I mean, and Biden is asking OPEC. For some relief, now we're having to ask. Okay. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on, Todd. Let me hold you there. Okay, so, price of Pete, a barrel Pete, is at Pete, sixty-six dollars right now. Pete, Pete gives you a snar- Pete gives you a snarky answer, right? So, Pete just go argues how I and Austin should go out and fight and shoot people all over the world because we're we're one human race. But Todd goes, my gasoline is over three fifty, and it's like, oh, sorry to hear about that, bud. I said, I'm that's sorry what I'm to hear talking that. about. I said, that's what. Yeah. That okay, and he, and he, okay, and and that and that's what I'm talking. And that's my point right there. It's like, it's like that's that's America in a nutshell. It's like, <laughs> let's go invade another country so everybody feels great. And uh, oh, hey, I'm having problems on in my state. Ah, go fuck yourself. I didn't know like that is not what I said. That's like I you said, were totally snarky about it. No, I wasn't. I was looking at my phone because I'm looking up the price of oil and I said, I'm sorry about that. And I was getting back to what I was looking hey, up. Hey, okay, hey, hey, whatever. Go fuck yourself. Whatever. Yeah, fuck you yeah. too, dude. <laughs> Gary, next time I see you, I'm gonna slam you against the wall again. If if you and your bum hips can move and your bad <laughs> knee with your yeah, 13 whatever, screws whatever, in your uh Hey, Pete, I, I'll push. I'll, I'll still show you out, Gary. Out the room. Gary, I'll still take you out. Okay. Gary, Gary, Pete's Todd, Pete, awesome. Can I, can I ask this one question before the night's over? It's already been. Yeah. 
Go ahead. Can, can we can can we talk about um? I don't even know also if you even give a shit about this, but uh, Governor Cuomo resigning. Well, you know, holy as shit. Being from New Jersey and an Italian, you know, I find his comments very <laughs> offensive and hurtful <laughs> to my people. Um, hey, he's just no. an Italian, bro. That, you made out with me that one time, and I said no, and you said I'm Italian. I'm I'm pretty ugly for him to not, you know. Well, I mean, I guess I am a pervert. If you go through my browsing history, you'd probably see some. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but point being, no, uh, no you're not. <laughs> <laughs> my wife might listen to this later, so. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, um, hi, hi, honey. Don't go through my web browser. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> clear history. No, um, but no, I, th- I think that's fine. Fuck Cuomo. That guy's such a piece of shit. And like, I've got relatives that still live in New York. Yeah, you know, I got a bunch of family in Western New York and Buffalo and all that. And they fucking hate him so much. And I have never met anyone from New York that says Cuomo is a great governor. Not a single yeah, one. But, well, that I mean. Which is, which is, I always find that to be funny because people say that about, and not just about Cuomo, which is I like, have, oh, well, I have something to say I, about that too. So, so okay. Yeah. No, I was going to say like every, everybody always said, everybody's like, I hate that guy. And then he wins in a landslide. And you're like, what the fuck? You're like, everyone I talk to says they hate him. And then they're like, then he wins in a landslide. It's, it's, um, well, me, well, me, it's, me, it's, me, it's, Todd, Todd, are you listening? It's, it's all about the color you are. If, if you're if you're blue, no, if you're you. blue in New York, you're gonna fucking win. Well, me and Todd were saying the other day that that um when when Sandy hit and when and when um and when Corona first hit, when he was bringing the boat in and stuff, like every, he was the most likable person in the world. He was it was him versus Trump, right? And he would Todd, please make articulate this better than I am, please. Yeah, I mean the, the I mean every. Every outlet besides Fox was saying he was the best uh, governor out there, and probably the, there were some people saying that when Biden was struggling, that he should uh, be the nominee for president in the Democratic Party. I, uh, I think that's what got. I think that's what got him in trouble. I honestly think that's what yeah, got him in trouble. Too much. I think he out. was. I, I yeah. I, there was too much shine, and no, I also we know think... what got him in trouble was like touching females. That's what got him in trouble. No, that's <laughs> not true. That's <laughs> not true. Because... About, what do you mean? That I mean, true? look, Trump did it. And he attorney? was the president. Come on, exactly. Fuck you. Come on, Trump. Trump grabbed the pussy, and he made made it to presidency. So, you know, why do you keep why do you keep saying that when he, it was a comment he made? He never he actually because he said he grabbed the pussy. I gotta believe the man. He said he hey, did Pete, it. Pete, let me say this: It's great that you you keep going back to that. You're so focused <laughs> on him that I'm I'm talking about fucking Governor Cuomo. Governor Cuomo, do you want to take the the name off the bridge? Yeah, well, yeah, of course. I would actually just put it, put the full name, put his whole his dad's full name up there. Did, did, did yeah. any of them work on it? Then, then then why the fuck is their name on it? You know. Well, the his fact is, he probably good. learned it from his dad. I mean, these are learned behaviors, so. I mean, if there's anything being a cop has taught me is that children emulate their parents and you see a lot of the same behaviors, whether it's addiction. Are you, are you saying that there's no hope for Gary's son? <laughs> Gary's son is fucked. Holy fuck. He might be an asshole just like his old man. So that's, he, he just might but he's be. he's a lovable asshole, and that's why we like him. Yeah, yeah, we all, we, all have, we, all have, we all have our own asshole, right? Yeah. Some of us have two. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> but he's gonna. He, he, I, I'm gonna teach him the ways. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure you are. That's what I'm afraid of. Well, I don't know. Cuomo can sit on it and rotate. I've never liked the guy, and I think. I think to shift from Cuomo, and I and I'll throw a little wrinkle on this, but I think um, this doesn't bode well for uh, Gavin Newsom. I think Newsom's in trouble with the, the now. The Newsom thing is getting really, really interested. Um, uh, the Gavin Newsom is. Uh, so first things first, when they tried to start the petitions um, uh, to get Newsom, you had to have a, a signature match. And I think there was uh, they were making people have IDs when they first started the recall for Gavin Newsom. So the, that's the first thing. The second right. thing now is, yeah, uh, the second thing that they're saying now is, uh, I guess there's these two holes inside the envelope that you put your ballot in. And if you don't turn, if you don't turn your ballot and put it in off on the one side, uh, you can see through the hole. So what happens is like you vote on the ballot, and then you fold, then it folds naturally into three pieces. And uh, on one side of the envelope, have you seen this, Todd? Have you seen the story yet? I see you nodding your head. Okay. Um, and then there's two holes in the envelope for some reason that has to do with like the sorting machines, I think. And if you don't twist your ballot and put it in the envelope facing a certain direction if you do it the opposite it'll show the yes and the mark that you made for yes to recall gavin newsom and you'll be able to see it through the envelope and basically the fear is is that people will toss all those envelopes that say yes on them and it'll skew uh, the recall election and then the other thing is is they didn't give out any guidance because if you vote yes I think someone was saying if you vote yes to recall the governor, but don't actually vote for another guy, then the yes vote doesn't count. So you have to like vote for both yes or no. And the person. And the person. And and if you don't do that, so it's all these crazy things are happening right right now. And they're pulling out all the stops. Like I know Pelosi um has has made uh has had so we I, agreed I not I saw- to say that name on this show. Oh yeah, I forgot. I forgot. Sorry. Old Nance. Old Nance. Um another Nancy Italian. Lady. Another Italian. Can't we get rid of that Italian too? Um I, I don't want to be associated with her. Don't let me in with her. Whoa. Thank you. Thank you. Um so Gary, um yes. we are getting it the time says that we're getting towards the end of the show. Okay. So uh, uh well then uh, do what you do. Do what you do. Well, the, I'll 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 leave it at this. The fiftieth episode here. Um, just one last uh, round robin. Um, what? Uh, I, I guess uh, anybody have anything to add or want to just say right before we uh, sign off here? Let's we'll start with Todd. Well, I'm just saying I'm glad. I'm proud that this was the fiftieth episode because we had two American heroes, vets. About Jason <laughs> and Iraq here, and Pete and Neil and myself, you know, too. Also, American, also American heroes. Don't sell yourself. Right. That's right. But uh, I, I, I love tonight's show. I love talking with you guys. So that's all I had. 
All right. I, I love talking with you guys as, as well. Um, but for for the two vets that are that are on right now and all the people you've known that have fallen that you've served with, would you mind just saying their name and rank one last time? All of them? That, that have fallen? Yeah, I... I I, what kind I, of request I'll, I'll, is that? What, what, it's I'll, just something. I'll, it's just something to honor them, and it, it, they're on record. Okay, yeah. He says their name. Their if you rank. wanted that, we should have talked about that in pre in pre show. No, you know it's I mean? fine. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll say I'll, I'll say this, Pete. I I I, I am uh, I'm touched by uh, your sentiment. Um, you know, I'll I'll just say I, this. Um, I come I don't from a military think... family. From my grandfather, my father, um, my uncle. I got a brother. I was supposed to go. I couldn't. No, I, I, I'll just say this, and and all, and I'll leave it to Austin to say his piece. Um, but without going through through name name by name, and um, but I would say this. I, I think one of the things that I was kind of debating about whether or not is like I thought there was. I, I've seen a lot of guys write some stuff, and I thought it was like real copy with the whole Afghanistan withdrawal, um, especially a lot of guys who were like, oh, I had buddies who like very close friends um, that uh, that were killed in Afghanistan. And I, I don't, I think the difference between now and, and other wars before is we all volunteered to be there. We wanted to be there. Um, I think those guys who fell in battle wanted uh, to be there, not obviously to, to die. Nobody wants to not, you know, I think nobody wants to die, but my point is, is, is we all wanted to be there. Um, most of us for good reasons, some of us for not so good reasons. Um, and I think that those guys who did die, whether it was in Iraq or Afghanistan, it wasn't, it wasn't in vain. Um, you know, there was, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't vain. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. I, I don't I don't think so because think just just saving just saving your buddy's life um, next to you or oh, helping you, you say you always say it was so, uh, all right. well, it was a social experiment I, that's what you always say I, I what do you mean well like I said I think I think some of the stuff is like was was like dudes were like coping hard and shit and it was like yeah, Afghanistan was a disaster and dudes died in Afghanistan. But this idea that it was like in vain, if your if your buddy was with you and you were you were doing a mission and they died and it was like they were they were with you the whole time, it's like that 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 in itself is not in vain. And that's from like coming from my perspective as someone who served now, was the whole project in vain? Was the whole thing stupid to begin with? Don't yeah, think, absolutely. You know, you know what I'm saying. You don't have to. You don't have to dissect each each word. You know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. Ian. It wasn't. It was in vain. All right. Well, I'm going to give you the answer to my question. When I asked, okay. what okay, what what, okay, what is it going to take for the the planet to work as a planet altogether? Well, we, wait. I thought when, when we need to get off of it for survival. That's when it's going to happen. Well, well, Elon Musk to... and um, uh, Jeff Bezos is trying to do that right now. Well, so, well yeah. some people me... some people see the future, some people don't. Let me let me let me say this. 
Austin, I mean, what are your what are your thoughts when you hear if it was in vain or what with your yes and no? I think you know my reasons for joining the army pretty stupid, and I'll say this: uh, I joined because I want to jump out of airplane and shoot people and break things, and I got to do all of that, and it was a blast, and I met some of the best shooting people. He enjoyed it. It was a uh, literal was blast, was... Pete. That's what you said. I, I guess the blast. If someone's trying to kill you, I yeah, mean, shut up, Pete. But do you did you enjoy it? My, That's kind of a fucked up question. Um, my, my dad no. had a saying. Can I just say it? <laughs> the way you said it made it sound like you enjoyed it. My okay. dad had a saying. I need. I need we to all? Do this. Let me clarify. So, well, Austin, just uh, just one thing. Um, I'll let you go after this, but my dad said, join the army, meet interesting, interesting people and kill them. Yeah. That's the army. <laughs> well, and, and wow. that, that, yes, that that's is fucked it. up. That's yeah. really fucked up. Gary, that, Gary, that's fucked up, Gary. The reason I'm going to let Austin finish his thought. And then okay. I'll the, reason, the reason I said what I said there, it's not that, that pure act, but you never feel more alive than when someone is trying to kill you or you're near death. Yeah. Okay. So the adrenaline rush of a firefight and someone trying to kill you is, I don't know. It's something I can't explain. Something you, you can't recreate and the endorphins no. and no, it's a, it's a complete, you it's get. a complete different world. Yeah. It, like it Gary is. talks to me like I'm a total asshole. That's why, that's why when dudes get in a firefight, like, especially if no one gets hurt, you, you see guys out there high-fiving and doing all kinds of shit, and, and you know, it's it's wild. I survived. I shot my gun. I might have yeah, hit somebody. I, mean, I remember, don't make, okay. Don't make so, less of it than it is, Pete. Don't, that, I'm not. See, that's the problem. Don't make less of it. I'm not making yeah. less than this. That's okay. exactly what you're doing. I'm Story from my writing, all right? We, our convoy had been hit on patrols every week for three weeks in a row, row on a Wednesday, right? I don't, and they're all different spots. I don't know if they're targeting us in particular or whatever, but every Wednesday we hit an IED. And thank God we never had any serious injuries. Our fourth Wednesday, sure enough, we're slotted for a patrol, right? And so we're driving along, we're driving along, and everyone's on edge. Like, nobody's talking. No one's playing music in the trucks. Like, nothing. Everyone's just like, their assholes puckered so hard that if you put a piece of coal in there, they would have shat a diamond later. You know, like, it was, they were, everyone was so on edge. China diamond. Yeah, we stopped because we saw a little piece of rubber sticking up on the shoulder of the road. And it was probably like 100 meters in front of us. And we stopped and we're sitting there watching it, watching it. And like, I don't know, like no one had a good feeling about it. And all of a sudden it blew up. Right. And it didn't hit us. It was too. I mean, we didn't catch. We just got some dirt and some other stuff in the truck, but we were OK. Didn't hit any of our vehicles. And it was like super quiet in the truck for a minute. And then. You could hear all of the other vehicles behind us and ours included. Everyone's like, "Woo!" you know, like we broke the curse. Everyone was shouting and everything. It was like it was a wicked adrenaline release. And then after that, like the rest of the patrol, everyone was fine. You know, there, the tension wasn't there the way it was. Well, yeah, that's a great story. That Yeah, that's a great yeah, story. You figured it out. Wednesday at 10 o'clock, piece of rubber <laughs> on the road. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, we just beat it. But, you know, the, what I was getting at was the feeling. So yeah. but back to what I was saying before I got sidetracked into this detail of do I enjoy killing people? Because no, nobody enjoys killing people. Well, maybe some people do, but most normal people don't. Right. But it's not something that I regret. 
Okay. I don't have nightmares over it, me personally. Okay. But what I was saying is I joined the army for my reasons. I met some of the best people of my life that I, you know, Gary in particular, I, I talked to. I mean, we don't talk as much, but whatever. We've got our own lives. Point is, is I can talk to Gary and it's like we're sitting back there. A cop saying sorry, bullshitting again, you know, out of the blue after not talking to him for what? It's been like two years, right? So, you know, you, you can do that with those kinds of relationships. You you make a bond of brotherhood stronger than pretty much anywhere else in, in my my mind, you know, and I've done a lot of jobs since I've been out of the military. You know, I was a truck driver, I've been a cop, been a cowboy, been a fucking tire tech, I've been a tow truck repairman, you know, whatever. I've done a lot of stupid shit too. How are you? 35. Um, it took me a while to find out what I wanted to do as a when I you, you should have retired a few times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. But point being is I've met a lot of people and I've never found a bond like I had with those in the military. And I think that's why, like, I understand Rich's point where he says, like, hey, you know, I don't think they died in vain because, you know, when the shit hits the fan, you're not out there. You don't give a shit about, you know, Rajit going to school or 9-11 or anything else. You care about the guys on both sides of you. And that's your own focus. I never once, I had my daughter and my first wife at the time, and I never once thought about them when I was in a shit situation. I always thought about my buddies. And maybe that was selfish. I don't know, but that's just how I did. Oh, those, those were, that, that was my way. family. No, no, that's how you survive. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, but but even still, like, that's my family, you know? that that's who it is and to this day if someone calls me and says hey this guy's going through help i'll bend over backwards and try to help them if it's one of my my soldier friends and and i think that's why part of me does feel like they i've got mixed emotions about it i feel like they died in vain but they didn't because like gary said you know they died for their boys when they're doing stuff and you can't you can't put a price on that but at the same time the reason that we're over there we failed to do in the aspect that, you know, yeah, we stopped Al-Qaeda, but we didn't defeat the enemy that was fighting us after Al-Qaeda. And and we just let it, we just walked away and let it happen. So I've got, like I said, I've got mixed points of view on it when it comes to, you know, they died in vain, but they didn't because they died for their, their brothers. But the reason we were there, we failed. So I don't know. That's just my two cents on it. And that makes sense. I think. I think uh, I think we'll leave it there. I, I I don't think we can say much more after that. And we uh, I think we all really appreciate that, Austin. Thanks for being very candid mm-hmm. uh, with us tonight. Um, yeah, this has been a, a pretty special episode. Uh, again, thank you uh, to to our guests. Um, as always, uh, you know, thank you for listening to uh, review the news where we make the news make sense to you. Um, you know, this was a, a little bit longer. I know we've been trying to stay within frame, but uh, you know, lots of uh, lots of good input, lots of good information. Yeah, fuck, and... fuck that, Gary. Let's just let's just go for glory. <laughs> That's what we do. So, Nobody wants to listen to us so. for fucking two hours, dude. <laughs> right. Well, no one wants to listen to you for two hours. Maybe me. Nobody wants to listen to you for fucking two hours. I have a lot to say. So. <laughs> so. I, I love All you, right, Gary. Well, Austin, it was great hey. to meet you. Todd, yep. I'll see you on the chat. Neil, I'll be in Jersey in a couple weeks. All right, bro? When? When are you coming? When are you coming? Uh, the 25th, 24th, whatever that week right, is. I'll be, yeah, I'll be here. I'll be here. All right, dude. <laughs>
All right. Well, All thank right, you guys well, for having me. I really appreciate hey, it. Gary, I, awesome. I also want to put also it's a pleasure to meet you. And I also want to point out this two episodes in a row. We didn't talk about coronavirus. And I'm, very proud, I'm very proud of that. Yeah. Here we go. Babe. Fuck that COVID. <laughs> All right. Well, Later, thanks, boys. everyone. Hey, Austin, get my number from Gary. Text me. Okay, will do. Awesome, dude. All right. Thanks.